Monday morning. Welcome to the dose. The new week, as we say, new opportunities. Time to dust it off. Time to make the decision. We are going to get it. We will make it happen. I'm Jeremy Clevin. Mark Hutchins. Hello. Byron Filson. Hey. Birth names. Join back. <laughs> James Wexler. Birth name also. Also birth name. Uh, thank you, sir, for joining us. Really, really appreciate you coming in and laying it down. It's been it's been good. You can always go back on SoundCloud and, and type in my home group daily dose, James Wexler. If you missed the first few episodes, or you can go back on uh, uh, any, any of your other favorites out there. So uh, we wanted to talk today and kind of jump in on the you know the current state of our industry, current state of the marketplace, and uh, everything that's going on around us. And um, you were you know I like when you make the joke last week that you don't need any technology other than a cell phone and a pad of paper and a pen, maybe a laptop to write uh, an offer here and there. But uh, I imagine you have. One or two more things potentially, and and or one or two more things that you're you're uh, looking at, focusing on, or that that you know uh, affect the way that we're doing business. So I kind of want to dive in, like I said, the state of of where we're at in today's industry. So there's technology is the big buzzword. There's even brokerages, the cloud brokerage, and these other names. But going back to your story, you guys built this tremendous, successful business, fastest growing companies on the Inc. 500 list, and you did it with paper and pencil and a phone. So I think if you're at the growth phase of your business before you have 200 clients, past clients that you need to nurture and 1,000 leads in your database, you could probably do it in a much more streamlined way and focus your time on doing that alongside hunting for new business, not just focusing on drip campaigns and auto emails and these other ways that people stay in touch. I think technology can sidetrack you a little bit from focusing on calling because it's a lot easier to send emails, send texts, Facebook posts, picture of a pretty house on Instagram. So I feel like that technology of your cell phone, talking to people, putting it on a pad of paper, tracking your leads is the most effective technology until you just have, maybe you've been in the business 10 years and you have 150 past clients, hopefully. Right. And most agents don't, and that's okay. And I think until, unless you're buying a lot of Google leads, which I'd deter you against and Facebook leads or Zillow leads, unless you have so many that you're nurturing. And again, most agents don't fit in that category. Uh, probably don't need to spend all your time and effort and money on that campaign. But I'll add about technology that there's all this fear of the big scary monsters of Zillow and yeah. iBuyers yeah. and all of these names. And uh, I would argue and I tell people, and I've met most of the agents, they're likable, good-looking, charismatic, knowledgeable, sincere about what they do, and they're really passionate about it, and they know real estate. I just have to believe that if your goal is to sell eight houses or 12 or 20, that there has to be, in fact, I know there is 10 or 12 people or 20 people a year that you know or know someone really well that you know that would feel enough confidence in you and your ability that they would entrust you to help them buy a house or sell a house. I know it to be certain. So if you focus on calling those people, going deeper on the relationships, not using the technology passively or using the technology passively, but not in place of that, there are definitely enough transaction out there for you to build a very successful practice. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of transactions a month so it's not like you're trying to get two or 300 a month. 
You're trying to find right. one deal or two deals a month, hopefully. And there has to be one or two people a month. In fact, I know there is that would feel enough confidence in you to entrust you with your, you know, their real estate mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, do you feel, um, I mean, are you affected by any of these things that are going on around you? I mean, obviously the numbers are saying that you're not too, you know, not too affected by, um, you know, the, the tech out there, these big bad wolves that you like to, to speak to. I mean, it, it, does it affect the way that you conduct your business today? Or maybe some of your previous clients? It really doesn't. I'm, I don't want to say only, but there are, I don't know, been 40,000 plus transactions so far this year. That's what, 4,000 a month? Probably more. Maybe actually. more. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's, and I sold 90 homes, which, you know, I'm proud of, but that's just still a small sliver. So sharing this advice, talking to other agents, there's very little competition. It's rare that when I go out to a listing appointment that I'm in direct competition with a friend of mine right. or the fact that there are other agents, I'm not able to do a maximum amount of business. So I don't think about it, look at it, feel negatively about it or impacted by it. I don't think anyone should. Most agents are selling less than 10 homes a year. Mm-hmm. Again, you all who are listening know if that's your goal, 12 homes, one a month. There are definitely 12 people out there for sure, no matter if Zillow takes over half the market or the iBuyers take over 80% of market, there are still always going to be yep. 8, 10, 12 people who need feel services. strongly enough who need your service and will pay a fair amount for it. So where do you identify, what advice would you give to identify folks that are um, you know, in that space right now where they have to prospect, they have to use what the tools that they have that are essentially free or little to no money um, before you know, wh- where do you identify that turning point of saying, okay, now I can go out and I can get into some spend? So I think if you go ahead and want to invest in your business, the same way if you opened up an ice cream shop and you rented some space and bought an ice cream machine and a cash register, hopefully, to hold all your money. If you want to invest in it, it's great. I would just go back to that time block calendar and say, from nine to 10, I do my lead generation, my passive lead generation, my Facebook or my email or my drip campaigns, or maybe Thursday from eight to 12, I do all of that. I just wouldn't start to look at that as your business partner. And that's what I see a lot of agents do. So if you're going to do it and invest in it and buy leads, that shouldn't be what you focus on. It should be ancillary or complementary to those other lead generation activities that you have to decide for yourself how you want to get clients. We like to call those pillars of your business, right? And whether it be open houses, phone calls, um, if it is a lead gen system, how many pillars do you currently have? So at this stage, although I'm doing open house, I have a few team members who do some open houses. I buy leads. I'm nurturing past clients. I have a marketing person who does gifting programs to keep in touch with them. I hold quarterly client events. So I'm doing a lot of things. And fortunately, as your business grows, you take some of your money and you reinvest a good portion of it into marketing to leverage your time. But when you're first starting, you usually have time to call the people, email, write thank you cards. If you see a cool article on the Arizona Cardinals, make 50 copies. Hey, I know you're a Cardinals fan, thought of you. Drop your card in there. Just a way to stay in touch with people. Mm -hmm. Always looking for those opportunities, obviously. Anything can to reach out. There's always an opportunity. I was in your neighborhood, wanted to say hi, no need to call me back, just thought of you. Go on Facebook, put direct message. Hey, I see your family's growing, love to catch up. Can we 
Can I buy you a cup of coffee? Coffee's always good because most people, when you get there, say, I already had one and you sit down and <laughs> you're starting off in the business. You don't have a lot of money. You don't want to be buying expensive breakfast. Also, show up no late one... on purpose. Are you saying that we should show up late on purpose? <laughs> Just hope they already bought the coffee. <laughs> yeah. I realized, That's awesome. you know, people always talk about golf or going out and having drinks with people is a really good way to get business. But the reality is if someone really wants to spend four hours with you already, they're probably already, they're, they're they're already yeah. going to be doing they're business. Right. Yeah, yeah. And somebody who you don't know and you want their business, they're not, we're not as great as we think we are. They don't want to spend four hours with us either. <laughs> right, right, so, right. Coffee is good. It's 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. It doesn't impact their day. There's a Starbucks or a Dunkin' yeah, Donuts. Golf, you go out when you want to actually hang and enjoy with time with them. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> you know, going out to dinner with people, if they really want to spend one-on-one -on -one looking across the table at you for two hours, <laughs> even if you're buying, they're either a good friend or they need a free dinner. Yeah. <laughs> if they're really a potential client and you're trying to build that relationship, they probably don't want to spend two hours with you. You're better off buying them a gift card and let them take someone they actually like. Right. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I like that. Well, let's stop there for today and let's kick back off tomorrow. We've got uh, the last day with you. Again, it's uh, four days flies by quick. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, VIP Mortgage and Alliance Property Inspections. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Bye. <laughs>